Joining us today on Superheroes of Science, we're pleased to welcome Matthew Deverna. Matthew's a PH student working with the Observatory on Social Media at Indiana University. So welcome, Matthew. Thanks, thanks for having me, excited to be here. We definitely appreciate you taking the time. Now, so is your, I know there's a lot about like both Twitter bots and misinformation was the two things that, that uh, when we were taking notes, are these two things that both these are something you're working on? Or what is Twitter bots and misinformation though? Yeah, so the observatory does a lot of different things. Um, generally, it's sort of like an interdisciplinary uh, group of people who are working at Indiana University and some other universities as well. Um, and what we're trying to do essentially is sort of tackle this problem that I think we've all seen in our last, especially in the last year or so, um, this issue of sort of misinformation on social media. There's all these questions as to, you know, do these, do these kind of things that we're sort of seeing, do they, do they lead to real world problems or is it kind of isolated? And, um, you know, coming from an academic perspective, we want to be as rigorous as possible to try to, to address these questions. So there's a lot of different people from psychology, computer science, uh, network science, complex science, all these different people are trying to work together at the observatory to address these problems and, and sort of kind of get your handle on uh, what, what is a really complicated issue. Um, so that's generally what we're what we're trying to tackle. And then, um, you know, Twitter bots is something that the, the lab is focused on a lot, which, um, you know, they, they've sort of shown over the years, a bunch of different research projects that, um, you know, Twitter bots can help sort of, uh, sort of amplify how fast these uh, kinds of misinformation uh, spreads on. Oh. It's become kind of an avenue or a pillar of research that we think is definitely important for the, for the conversation at large. But in, in general, we, that's one area, and then there's lots of the other different areas that we're that we're looking at uh, researching as well. So, but what is a Twitter bot then? Oh, right. So, so a Twitter bot would be kind of like a either a, a fully or partially automated account on Twitter that would be um, it, its sort of main purpose is to trying to trying to fool people about specific kinds of information. So you can think about um, you know somebody an account that is. You know, every once in a while, you, you know, a regular human being is making a, you know, something that, that looks real, some kind of tweet, um, but then also a big portion of what it's doing would be kind of automated and just sort of retweeting misinformation from certain sort of bad actual sources um, and, and sort of generally working to push low credibility content um, towards specific people that might be influential, right? So you, they, one of the um, sort of tactics that, that was discovered in some research uh, that was done at the lab in the last few years is that um, you showed some evidence for sort of these bots essentially sort of um, pushing tweets towards uh, prominent people, hoping that they're going to retweet that kind of information, and then by you know sort of second degree spreading and get much more uh, coverage and exposure to other people. So th there's these different kinds of strategies that that can be uh, that that they seem to use, and, and they generally are trying to sort of push this low credibility content uh, out into the world. You had said this is sort of interdisciplinary and you had mentioned like psychology and computer science and some other things. How does it get to the point where you see something come across like a Twitter feed and you think, oh, I mean, how, do, how does it, how does it, how does that problem do you think start where people think, oh yeah, that's, I want to share this because this is, because I would think, well, wouldn't you look into that before you'd want to share it? Is this yeah. like a pretty common you know, it's it's a, it's a it's an interesting question, and there's um, you know there's some research that's been done in, in the field recently that's shown that generally people don't really want to share this kind of information, um, but it's sort of the the social media context appears to be not so um, conducive for you know like you said going and looking into things, double checking stuff, 
Um, in, in general, as some people may be aware, like if you're if you're designing a social media platform, the way that sort of the, the market conditions are designed, is it's not really for you to engage people in sort of long, uh, in-depth thought. So, you know, it's just trying to get you to spend time and keep interacting and sort of, it's sort of designed to amplify those things. And none of that has to do with truth or the veracity of information. Um, so this, this is one of these theories that people are pursuing, which there seems to be some evidence for, is that, um, you know, essentially people people may want to push the truth uh, or, you know, propagate truth in their retweets, for example, but, um, you know, generally the, the, the thought to continue to sort of like think about this and go into further detail and double check your facts, um, it just doesn't really come up so often and people, it's not that pop up people's minds when they're on social media, they're just kind of scrolling through and sort of more laid back. Um, and as a result that they may, something may come off sort of, you know, legitimate enough to share at first, um, they don't really think so much about it. And so, are, are, so with what you're saying there, is it oftentimes that the, the bots, um, so that's just an account that's been, someone's put together, and is it mainly just retweeting things? Is it looking for things to retweet? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's different kinds of bots. Um, you can think about bots, which are sort of kind of like spammers, kind of like what, like what you're saying, sort of just retweeting things a lot. That, that's pretty common. Um, but there's also, um, you know, one way to think about trying to identify bots would be looking at sort of a network or a co of coordination. So it may be less obvious if you're looking at one account, but if you're looking at multiple accounts together and they're sort of all sort of simultaneously, perhaps, um, you know, retweeting some story or pushing only specific stories by certain, you know, low credibility content providers, um, that, that would give you another way. So, so it's, it gets quite tricky um, actually, because essentially the, the general, the general problem of, of trying to identify bots and look at bots is uh, sort of an adversarial one, right? So we have people like, you know, my, my, uh, excuse me, like myself or academics who are trying to identify these bots and to figure out new ways to find them so that we can try to like, you know, point these out to social media platforms and get them to take them down. Um, but then you also have, you know, these people who are behind this who are trying to not get caught. So once we sort of discover them and they get, okay, these tactics aren't working so much, they're going to change and do something different. So there's this kind of cat and mouse game where things are constantly changing and it makes it really difficult and kind of it's sort of a moving target throughout time. Um, now there's some some more technical research, I guess you could say, that has sort of proposed this idea of using something like um, AI or machine learning to, so essentially what, what we're doing, what I just described is there's sort of like a, maybe like some sort of space of features, right? Where people are acting in certain ways or in certain sort of, you know, uh, uh, you know at certain times Okay. Um, and those are the things that we're picking up, but there's a whole other like, you know, universe of different features that potentially could be missing. So in order to try to predict uh, or sort of, you know, get an idea of, of things that people might try to change to do something different, what people, have, some people have proposed is you could develop some sort of AI that sort of creates a different feature space and then you're sort of training your, uh, your, your uh, detection system on things that people haven't done yet. And so it gets much more technical and much more uh, kind of confusing, but the, the general idea is that you're, you know, in the, in the real world, people are, are um, displaying some sort of behaviors and we're trying to predict potentially other ones by doing different things. And this hasn't been exactly what we're doing yet at the lab, because for the most part, what we're trying to do is create tools that people can use, like potential journalists and stuff like that, um, and sort of understand the problem. So this is just another, another avenue that, that could potentially pursued and hopefully will be uh, in the future by some other people. Okay. Hey, so what is the agenda? Um, what is the agenda 
behind is i mean is there money driving this or is it more of a political i was kind of that's what i was thinking as you were speaking what's what's the goal behind you know yeah 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 it's really it's hard to say um again a lot of the a lot of these uh you know we can only do so much as academics right excuse me we're not going to be you know knocking on people's doors and getting handcuffs on it or anything like that um, that being said, there does seem to be some research showing that people are, you know, motivated by financial reasons, right? If you're, if you start some sort of website that's, you know, pushing kind of sensational content, um, you know, you would, you're going to be motivated to have people come to your website. So you want to kind of spread this content so people can see it uh, and you're going to be raising sort of advertising dollars that way. Um, additionally, there's obviously a good reason to think that there's political uh, motivations behind that as well. Um, you, we certainly see that a lot of the um, low credibility content and misinformation that we're seeing on social media tends to be political in nature. Um, so there, there's that as well. Uh, I would say those are probably the, the two two main factors that at least come to mind for me. When you say misinformation, um, is fake news just a part of misinformation or just another, I mean, is it the same thing? Yeah, so, so fake news, yes, it, it would be kind of its own um, Kind of sliver of misinformation that misinformation in general is quite large uh, there's also disinformation which would be something a little bit different as well so the fake news would be like you know um uh a, a content creator like sort of pretending potentially to be uh some sort of news provider and they're just sort of creating content that looks and feels like news but they're not really going through the editorial process to verify stories or, or anything like that but you also can have um you know, like memes uh, are, are a really big thing as well. So, you know, like political cartoons, these kind of things, which are much more difficult to sort of computationally identify and look at. Um, and then, you know, you, you can even think about something like rumors where, you know, someone could be talking about something that isn't necessarily completely verified yet um, and, and then becomes maybe disproven. So that becomes a very kind of, kind of fishy and complicated situation where, um, you know, we were talking before a little bit about intent. Um, so, you know, if, if something isn't quite disproven yet, um, then it's sort of reasonable that you could be using some sort of social platform to discuss this openly um, without necessarily being, you know, malicious in your intent to sort of fool people or trick people. Um, so, so yeah, it gets quite, uh, you know, there's a lot of different angles to think about how to, how to think about this problem in general. And fake news is just a, a small portion of that, I would say. Okay. What's you said disinformation, which I thought's interesting. So misinformation, mm. I understand what you from what you just said. So like fake news is part of that, but then like you said, the memes and maybe rumors and mm. um, things aren't quite verified. How, is is disinformation similar, or is that would yeah. that be a different? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Disinformation would be something that where where someone is like intentionally. So you think about potentially like you know if you have like Russian political actors who are trying to sort of confuse the American public by pushing completely false like they. They have a specific agenda that they're trying to fool people um, that, that would be kind of very intentional. And, and that's the sort of the, the, the very specific intentionality would be the, the delineator between those two worlds. Okay. And so what are some ways that um, myself as a, I don't know, consumer of social media, I'm not sure what word I, I, I fill in there, a user mm -hmm. of social media, what are some ways that I can help figure this out so that I'm not deceived. Sure, yeah, I mean, I think that you guys sort of touched on these a little bit, right? Like being um, being able to sort of verify your information, thinking about what you're, what you're coming across and not just sort of retweeting or resharing things automatically. Um, you know, 
I mentioned before, you know, psychological things, and we have these biases where we're, we may come across information that kind of agrees with our political alignment or political beliefs. Um, and so we don't, we don't want to question that, right? And if we, if we don't do that, um, then it's much, it's much easier for us to sort of come to the, you know, the conclusion that this is definitely true. I'm going to reshare that because it makes sense to me. Um, but that's not necessarily the best thing to do. Often you can sort of just take a moment to slow down and think about, Am I 100% sure this is true? If not, maybe I should kind of, you know, look into this, check a different source. Um, and uh, yeah, I think slowing down is a good general uh, general advice. People are, I don't know if anybody knows this on, on Twitter, but they, uh, for a little while during the, the um, you know, sort of lead up to the election, and I, I think they may still be doing it, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, if you were going to retweet something, they would ask you, if you hadn't clicked on the link, um, do you want to read this first? Uh, so, to, so sort of just get getting people to sort of stop and think that maybe this isn't true, check out the source and actually look at it first. Those are obviously good things to do. Um, but just being more, I think, cognizant of the fact that, you know, this may not be true and this may not be accurate. Um, so maybe we should double check what we're doing here and being more present, I guess, in, in your sort of social media experience. Good, good advice, I think, for everybody. This might be kind of a silly question, but how would like misinformation be different from like like spoofs where things are intentionally written like for fun or is there a difference between the two because it's like maybe entertainment you know fun or thinking like silly newspapers that it looks official but like everybody knows like oh no this onion. like yeah like i was thinking i don't know if i could say uh, the yeah, yeah like the onion, yeah. Not, this is yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. i see those articles and i laugh yeah. and i know i read comments I know. where people didn't know that it wasn't real well, yeah. but, but like it comes out and you know, but then in general, I feel like that's accepted as like an entertainment piece. Like we know mm -hmm. it's, it's outrageous and it's, are, is there, is it yeah, similar? No, are these differences? No, it's a good point. Um, but yeah, I would say that this in, in some respect does fall under the misinformation umbrella. It's a, like you said, it's a bit more kind of complicated, right? Like a lot of people can kind of tell the difference, but the fact is that some people can't and that's, that's just, it becomes um, sort of a, a gray area where it's like, well, this is for fun and it exists in the world for, you know, for, for a reason that I think is reasonable for a lot of people. Um, but for research, researchers like ourselves, we want to at least consider this as part of the potential problem because it may be leading to um, some sort of like negative outcome for, certain, for a certain group of people. Um, so one question could be like, okay, well, who, are, who is the group of people who, who aren't aware of this? Do they just not know that, you know, for example, the onion I think comes to mind for me is sort of this, you know, a group of people who sort of intentionally make fake things, but it's supposed to be humorous. Um, so most people know that, but some people don't know that. And if you just sort of come across something from them, you're like, wow, that's crazy. And, and you know, sort of sinks in. And a lot of times that's all it takes for, for some people is to sort of see a headline. They have no pre preconceived notions about this at all. And they're just like, well, that's weird. And it sticks in their head and it becomes sort of the basis of some sort of false belief in the future, which can lead to sort of problems down the road. But yeah, it, it, like I was saying before, there, there are so many different ways to think about, you know, what kinds of information are mis is misinformation, and uh, it gets quite, uh, quite messy, I think, if you start really digging into it. <laughs> yeah. Now, your um, group has does have some tools, though, right, that, that people can use? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so we have a number of different tools. I'd say the the, the most popular tool probably is uh, one called Bottometer, which is... Um, Something that, that, that you know is has been developed so that it can be used in sort of an academic setting, but we also have a tool on our website which can be used. Um, it's just anybody can go on the website, and essentially you can basically you have to authenticate your Twitter account with with the website, and then essentially you know can like look for your friends, which of your friends is a, you know is potentially a bot or who is following you that might be a bot, 
Um, and these kind of things are, are kind of cool. And, and also, for example, as I was mentioning before, it, you know, a lot of these tools we're hoping can be useful for journalists uh, in the media world if they're trying to investigate things. So if they sort of in their own research come across something or a, a suspicious account, they can kind of come to our site and, and do, you know, they can put in a specific account um, and sort of get like a, you know, a quick estimation from our tool. Um, so that's one. Um, there's a number of different tools. Uh, I'm not sure if you have any ones that specific that we want to talk about. Um, I, I didn't know what they all were. I, I looked at the website. And I'm like, I'm not sure what all these are, but they look really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another one that's that's new and, and, and I think kind of exciting is uh, is Bot Slayer, which is um, it's not necessarily for identifying bots. It's it's more of a it's a it's a tool that's supposed to be useful for looking for coordination. So this is what I was saying before about how you can look at sort of specific accounts, or you can look at try to look at like kind of on uh, discover maybe like a network of things going on. So. Uh, it gives you a bit of a different uh, different way to do that. And that one is um, a bit more technical and uh, you don't kind of have to like download some stuff and set it up on your machine or you can set it up with uh, Amazon Web Services um, to sort of have your like a little virtual machine that runs this stuff. Um, but that one's pretty cool. And I know um, uh, PicMai, one of the people in our lab has been working hard on that for a, a while. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, maybe bot bottom meter is probably the easiest one to kind of give a demo of if we'd like to do that but potentially. We can definitely include yeah. the link to that in the cool. description and that way people can get to it. Great. Because they're cool. They're, I, these look fun. <laughs> or interest, interesting to look at as, as yeah, definitely. to use. Yeah. Something else that's actually, I give you guys a good, kind of a sneak peek of what, what, what's going to be coming out actually I think sometime next week is we've been, um, we've been developing a tool for uh, sort of visualizing the correlation between misinformation uh, and uh, misinformation about sort of uh, COVID-19 and vaccine uptake and just general uh, vaccine information and, and vaccine adoption. So that's uh, something that I've been working on with a few people uh, pretty hard over the last couple of months. We've been quite busy. And um, I think that's gonna be kind of exciting to see. It's sort of to track the, a bunch of different visualizations and figures that people can look at and play with, um, with sort of different data points to see what might be interesting to them. Um, and we've basically been collecting, I think since the beginning of January, January 3rd or 4th, we've been collecting essentially any tweet that, that, that's in English that matches sort of a list of words about vaccines or COVID-19 or, you know, Pfizer and, you know, all of these different kind of combinations of keywords that sort of, you know, we're pretty confident that these are about um, COVID-19 vaccine adoption. Um, and this tool is a way to sort of track that, uh, that process over time. So anyone will be able to go to that website as well. Um, and kind of play around with that, that that tool as well. And you said you're creating this as a, a dashboard that that people exactly. can utilize. Exactly. Yeah. How do you decide what to look for? I mean, all right, COVID uh, 2020. It's all we heard about was COVID, and so yeah, okay, that's pretty popular. But how do you decide which things, and how do you figure out what people are starting to uh, propagate misinformation about? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a great question. Um, it really depends. A lot of times it could be something that's maybe we've seen happening in, in the news. It could be um, you know, a specific theory that we're trying to uh, look at, trying to investigate. It really depends on the question, I guess. Um, so that's, it, it's, it's a pretty open-ended question. I, I would say that it depends a lot on what the end goal is, right? So if, like I said, it could be a research question, a research agenda that you're trying to sort of uh, find some sort of answer to or shed some light on something. Um, and as a result, you're going to look at the data that you have and, um, and kind of 
design some sort of experiment potentially. Um, the idea behind the, the vaccines, is, the vaccine data set is that we want to, you know, we think this is an important area. Uh, obviously, there's lots of um, sort of vaccine misinformation that, that everyone's seen kind of over the last year. So we want to sort of provide this data set for other researchers to come up with their own questions potentially about whatever they think is important. Um, but the idea is that we're, we're going to sort of create this data set that can be useful for a lot of different things. Well, how do you, um, this is going to be uh, probably an odd question, uh, possibly. How do you keep your bias, an individual oh. bias, out of the, like a bot search? Assuming what could, would or wouldn't be a bot, how do you keep an individual's bias in looking for that so it doesn't become a witch hunt? Yeah, so there's essentially the way we try to do things is, is you, you can develop them. So essentially there'd be some sort of verified list or data set of uh, which would be like your ground truth of, of, you know, these are definitely bots. And then we would develop some sort of method that's going to try to like identify those um, in using some, you know, different statistical techniques. Um, and so for one example, there was a, uh, it's called like, uh, I think it's called the, the honeypot. It's like a honeypot paper. Essentially they're they, these researchers created a bunch of accounts which were um, they just weren't real people essentially. So they figured no one's gonna no one's gonna be following these people because they're not real. They're not real people. So if anybody follows them, it's very likely that they're bots and if they're interacting in any way, like there's there's no reason for them to follow them. So the idea is that they they sort of set a trap for bots to interact with these users, and this becomes kind of a um, a data set that the people are can be used uh, can use as sort of the ground truth of reality of these are bots, but. It is a fair point that there there are definitely some, um, you know, it, it's a difficult question in something to keep in mind that there are there are lots of data sets which you know people are sort of manually going through and making their own judgments um, and it becomes you know a bit unclear as to you know ground truth in that sense becomes a little bit less clear so it's just something to keep in mind uh, I guess when you're interpreting data or you know different papers that people are writing and different research. Um, but, it, you know, it just, I think, maybe points to sort of the complexity of the, of the problem is it's very difficult to um, sort of nail anything down in this, in this realm. And we have to be very aware of what we're looking at and be careful about the conclusions that we're making. Yeah. It, uh, I, I just think it's a very interesting topic. It's, it is. We've heard well, of Twitter I, bots and we hear of things, misinformation, yeah. hear the words thrown around without sometimes stopping and think, well, what does that actually mean? Well, yeah. and I love for it, like as a science teacher, I love this whole idea really helps you think about why, you know, when you're doing your research and things, why you look up sources and that, well, even yours, when you were saying this, I was helping my son last night with his homework, he was doing some math homework. And um, he, you know, something he just, he wanted to just say, cause it was easy. He knew the hypotenuse and he'd said, well, then this side would be this and this side would be this. And I said, well, where'd you get that? And he's like, well, it, it works out that way. I'm like, but you can't just say that you have to, you yeah. know, show it. And he's like, well, that, you know, and I thought, well, that's just like, you know, you, you have to read. And I love when he said, slow down and read these things. It's, you can't just jump to these claims. You've got to have, you know, your reason behind it. So I think it really lines up well with them, um, especially, you know, what's on our minds right now is um, student research projects. We're working on some things to, to help students submit projects. And I just think this is great to, a great uh, parallel to that, yeah, that scientific yeah. process. Thanks. Yeah, I think, I think it's, I mean, obviously this is my area of interest. I think it's really interesting. Um, it's just, it, I think it's also super interesting that there's kind of a as you were saying, there's, there's kind of the, there's different worlds. I think there's sort of the media world talking about misinformation, which 
to be fair, they, they do a pretty good job. But then there's kind of the academic perspective, which I think is a little bit different, um, thinking about different kinds of, you know, theories for why people are behaving different ways is different than just like, okay, well, you know, it's all driven by politics and people's political motivations. And that's, to some degree, there's a lot of evidence for that. But there's also, you know, there's different ways to, to sort of analyze things and look at the, look at the problem. So it's, yeah, it's, it can be a bit messier than people want to uh, bother thinking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I, I love the, the things that you said. I think it makes a lot of sense. And hopefully it helps people just reflect a little bit on, you know, their own behaviors and like Great. you said, just slow down and, and think about it. You just cross, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, we appreciate your time. Great. Thanks, guys. This is really fun. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. Nice to meet you.